This morning's message is a little bit different than I normally bring. It's actually going to be a very long testimony. (laughs) This morning I want to talk to you about some of the things that I've learned about healing on my journey to being healed. The last several months I've had the same conversations with people over and over and over again. Some of the things that they struggle with about healing. And they were some of the things that I struggled with. So I'm just going to share my testimony this morning. Now, I am not an expert on healing. So I will be dropping lots of famous names. Okay, because that's where I learned some of the truths that have been pivotal for me. Within my testimony, some of the lessons that I've learned have to do with understanding that healing happens within our relationship with God. It doesn't happen outside of it. It happens within our relationship with God. Also, to understand that our biggest problem is not our faith. Our biggest problem is unbelief. And then lastly, understanding that the power of agreement and the action of agreement are indispensable. It has been uh, four years since I received the supernatural healing from fibromyalgia. It has been and it continues to be a learning experience. Prior to receiving my healing, I was exhausted all of the time, no matter how much I slept. I was in pain all of the time in literally every part of my body. Every part of my, if you had a muscle, where do you have muscles? Fibromyalgia is a muscle nerve condition. So wherever I had muscles, I had pain. So it was overwhelming. And if you've not been there, it's very hard for somebody else to understand. In fact, even doctors will say, well, it's all in your head. (laughs) No, no, it's not. (laughs) My doctors had no answers for me. All they could do was medicate me. But I thank God for the medication, and I thank God for the doctors. Sometimes that's exactly what we need. That's where we are, and that's what we need. And God meets us where we are. I needed the medication so that I could continue working. But the medication didn't make me any better. The medication helped me get along, but it didn't heal me. It didn't make me better. I've just continued to get worse. And the truth was I was stuck in that sickness, and I needed a way out in Jesus is the way out. Amen? I needed to be healed. I was and still am a word of faith girl. I knew from years of preaching that healing was in the atonement. I was already convinced that healing belonged to me as part of my salvation benefit package. But for whatever reason, I was having trouble getting the healing that was within me released into my body. And I didn't know why. So I just kept seeking God. One of the things that I've heard Karis instructors, Barry Bennett and Carly Teredes say, is that healing happens within our personal relationship with God. Now that sounds like one of those duh moments, right? <laughs> yeah, we already know that. But what they mean when they say that is everybody's different. Your circumstances are different. Your past experiences are different. Your level of understanding and knowledge is different. And so God works with us according to where we are. He works with us where we are in our relationship with him. Okay? We need to know that. In other words, if we don't believe in healing, it's very hard for him to get it to us. (laughs) If we don't believe in prosperity, it's very hard for him to get it to us. So he deals with us based on what we believe, where our faith is, and what we know and understand. He heals us within our relationship with him. He is the only one that knows how to get us unstuck. 
If we're believing for healing and we haven't experienced it yet, then we're probably stuck. And not only stuck, but probably frustrated. And stuck and frustrated is a lousy place to live. <laughs> and it's not what God wants for us. He wants us well. So it's very common, especially for us Word of Faith girls, we have the propensity to simply want to apply the formulas that we've learned over the years to whatever our situation is. We know what to do. <laughs> we know we lay hands on the sick and we anoint them with oil and we speak to their body and we command healing to come and then ta-da! supposed to happen. <laughs> Ta-da! <laughs> Come on, God. <laughs> sometimes it doesn't. And sometimes it's the formulas. The formulas that we use aren't producing the results we're looking for. That's what happened to me. I was doing what I knew to do. I was believing as hard as I could believe. I thought, God, you're falling down on the job here. <laughs> Even if we don't say that with our mouth, that is usually what we're thinking. Why aren't you to dying here for me? Come on. <laughs> when our formulas don't work, we need a specific word from God. I love what Bill Johnson from Bethel says. He says, when you minister healing to someone, you always listen for a specific word from the Holy Spirit first because he knows how best to minister healing to them. He knows best what they need to have their mindset on. He knows best how to take out the objections, the unbelief, the condemnation. Sometimes there's a lot of things blocking us receiving what belongs to us in Christ. So first, we must have a specific word for God. Remember, this happens only in relationship. I know a lot of Christians over the years who run from healing meeting to healing meeting thinking, if I just get to the right meeting, God will do this for me. Never realizing that they're looking in the wrong direction. They're looking for God to move when God has already moved. Seeking a specific word from God first is primary. This is something I learned probably, oh, I hate to say this, 40 years ago. <laughs> it's a story that Kenneth Copeland told years ago, and I have never forgot it. It has been instrumental throughout my entire Christian life. It's a story about him trying to get Gloria healed. There was something amiss with her and they took her to the doctor. And the doctor said, oh yes, you have this very horrible disease. You're gonna live a long time, but you're gonna have to take this really expensive medication. It's gonna be $1,000 a month. Good luck with that. <laughs> and they're like, uh, God. <laughs> so Kenneth went home and he put the formulas to work. We lay hands on the sick, we anoint them with all, we stand on the word, we confess our promises, we do everything we know to do. And nothing was changing. After about two weeks of the stomping and the snorting, he said, God, what's wrong? And God said, finally, <laughs> if he would shut up for two seconds. <laughs> he said, she doesn't need healing, she needs wisdom. And he's like, no, God, she needs healing. He said, take her to a naturopath. So he did. The naturopaths ran all kinds of tests and said, oh, yeah, yeah, you have this condition. It's not that big a deal. You go to the health food store and get this herb or whatever. It'll cost you 10 cents a day. But yeah, her body needs that. But that will fix the problem. She'll never have any problems as long as she takes this, whatever it was. And they were like, oh, 
well, that's interesting. Now, when I heard that story way back then, I'm like, why couldn't you just fix her, God? Why couldn't you just fix her? <laughs> God said to me, he said, if I heal somebody of scurvy today, how long will it be before they have scurvy again? Because scurvy is a medical condition caused by the absence of vitamin C. So if I heal them of scurvy today and they still never take in vitamin C, they're going to get scurvy again. It isn't just a matter of healing, it's a matter of wisdom. So that has always stuck with me. Proverbs 2, 6 says this, For the Lord giveth wisdom, and out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. God knows exactly what we need. One of the other things I liked about that story is that God didn't tell them the wisdom that they needed. God works with us where we are. Okay, So if our mind is set that I need healing, it's set there. We're not listening to, no, you need wisdom. No, because we think we know what we need. And the truth is, we don't necessarily know what we need. <laughs> Sometimes we need an expert opinion. He had to take her to a naturopath to find this simple little remedy. Sometimes what we need is an expert opinion. Sometimes we don't want to get one. So what did he need? He needed a word from God to know where to take her and to know how to fix the problem. Wisdom. After I had received healing, the Lord told me to go to a naturopathic doctor. And I, my response was, what? <laughs> I'm healed, Jesus. <laughs> I don't need to go to a doctor. <laughs> the Lord said, no, listen to me. He used his daddy voice. Girl, you're going to be in trouble if you don't listen voice. <laughs> you need to go see a naturopath. I'm thinking, why? Because daddy said. That's why. I didn't have any reason to go, but I went. Turns out, I was low in iron. Guess what? If I'm low in iron today, and I do nothing about it, <laughs> I'm going to be low in iron later too, causing different problems in my body. I would never would have thought I would have been low in iron. Wisdom. I needed wisdom, and I needed a word from God. In James chapter 1, it shows us that wisdom is received by faith, just like healing is received by faith. In the beginning in verse 5, it says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given to him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. Wavering means to withdraw from. The picture this word paints is a wave moving away from the shore. That's the picture God's painting here. It moves away from the truth. Wavering moves away from the promise. Wavering pulls us away from what we know belongs to us in Christ. And he says, For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with wind and tossed. Driven with wind and tossed paints the picture that we are moved by outward pressures. Now we think about healing in this. That's exactly what happens to us. One of the things I haven't yet been able to tell people is after I received my healing and I knew I was healing and I went to the natural path and I got my iron, <laughs> I got everything in order, I still had probably 15% pain levels from where I had been before. Without all the medication they gave me, I would have been completely incapacitated. But with the medications, I would say it would take that from 100% down to 15. It was very manageable. When God told me to stop taking my medication, that I was completely healed, I still had that same level of pain, the 15%. Now, what some people have told me in conversation is, they'll say, well, these lying symptoms, these symptoms are lying to me. They're telling me I'm not healed. And what God told me is, no, symptoms don't lie. Satan lies. 
Now think about symptoms in your body. How do you even know something's wrong? Symptoms tell you. God created our bodies to be good. They're very good. <laughs> he made us with the ability for our body to send us signals that something is amiss. So I've had to decide with this 15% pain level that I had left, am I really healed? Or is this just something I need to resist? Is something not yet completely healed? Let's just put it that way. If you think about healing as taking out the root, that doesn't mean everything on top has died yet. Okay? So I received my healing. I know I got healed. But I still had symptoms. The symptoms were not lying to me. The symptoms were saying you need to resist. You need to stand your ground and resist. Because what Satan tells you with those symptoms is, oh, see, you didn't really get healed. See, and that's the lie. Satan lies. Our symptoms don't. Our symptoms just tell us we need to continue to stand our ground and resist until they're completely gone. Because really, isn't that how you know you're healed? When the symptoms leave? Isn't that the truth? Yes. So we have to differentiate when we're saying, I'm healed and I still have symptoms. I am healed, perfectly healed. God gave me all my healing at one time. God didn't give me 85% of a healing. <laughs> God gave me 100% healing. But things in my body still needed to be addressed. Symptoms don't lie. Satan lies. So those are the outward pressures. That's the outward pressure that tries to get us to waver. All of us have heard of people who have gone to great meetings. They get these miracles. And two, three, four, five weeks later, the miracle's gone. What happened? Well, they believed some symptoms. They didn't continue to resist. Satan said, see, not really healed. And they went, oh, you're right. I'm not really healed. No, don't do that. <laughs> you are healed. You have to continue to resist whatever sickness and disease is trying to come back. Verse 7 says, for let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. I love the word receive here, but often the translators choose their words based on their theology. That's just the way it works. <laughs> and most of the time you get the concept that receiving is passive. You just stand there and God does it to you. Go ahead, God. Get me. <laughs> this word means take. I have to take, and it also means hold. Let not that man think he shall take and hold anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. Double-minded just means holding two opposing opinions. I'm healed, I'm not healed. I'm healed, Jesus, I'm healed. When, Jesus, when? Two opposing opinions. I did that all the time. I worked on believing and believing, but the outward circumstances, the outward pressure would lead me to the point where I would say, when, Jesus, when? And it was in that kind of conversation that the Lord, remember, we're healed within our relationship. The Lord said, see, you don't actually believe you already have it. You know it belongs to you. No one's going to talk you out of it. You haven't actually received it because you keep asking me when it's going to show up. That's double-minded. 
the Lord says, being double-minded, we don't take and hold. We keep grabbing and then we run away like a wave when we grab for our healing and we run away because of the symptoms and we grab for our healing and pressure pulls us away. And then we say, God, what's wrong with you? <laughs> we need wisdom. How to apprehend healing, how to resist the outward pressures. We receive wisdom by faith, the same way we receive healing by faith. This truth also about needing a word from God, because God knows how to diagnose us. He is Dr. Jesus, okay? He is the good physician. He knows how to fix us. And it usually has to fix our head, what's in there. He has to fix what, our heart, what's in it, what we're believing, before he can get what's in us out into our body. Years ago, I heard Fred Price tell the story. I know, these, this dates me, I know. <laughs> but these testimonies that these men had have made an indelible imprint on my heart. He talked about at one time, he had done something to his elbow, and he put the formulas to work. We lay hands on the sick, we anoint them with oil, we command healing to come, we exercise faith, we exercise, we tell our body to do what we want it to do. And he did it, and he did it, and he did it, and he did it, and he did it. For months he was doing it. Finally, the pressures got to him, <laughs> and he said, God, what's wrong? <laughs> and God said to him, you don't need a healing. You need a miracle. And he's like, I didn't know that was different. Obviously it is. God, in the Word, talks about miracles and healings. They're two different things. So one day it was so terrible when this conversation went on, God said, you need to go to the hospital, like, right now. So he did. They had to do emergency surgery. They said it was hanging together by strings, basically. And if he hadn't come in, he probably would have lost the use of his arm and would now need a creative miracle. <laughs> Again, well, he didn't know what he actually needed. He thought he knew exactly how to fix himself. Andrew Womack tells a similar story about a young man who was blind in one eye. He and several ministers ministered to this young man for 15, 20 minutes, praying in the Spirit, seeking the Lord, commanding it to be healed. In those days, he said, he didn't leave until you got what you came for. And finally, they all go, it's not working, God. <laughs> Where's the ta-da? <laughs> and they all said, Lord, what is it? And God spoke to Andrew and said, he doesn't need a healing. He needs a miracle. And so he asked the young man, what exactly is wrong? How did you become blind? And he said, well, when I was a baby, there was something wrong with it, and they surgically removed everything. He goes, so you don't have any parts to be healed. <laughs> you need all new parts. You need a creative miracle. So they prayed, spoke a creative miracle into this guy's eye, and it came just like that. Even Andrew Womack didn't know what this young man needed. You always need a word from God. Sometimes we think we know what we need, but sometimes we're mistaken. We need to ask the Lord, do I need a miracle? Is this a miracle I need? Is this a healing I need? Or is this wisdom I need? Or is it all three? God knows exactly what we need to get to us everything he's bought and paid for us. This happens only with having ongoing fellowship and relationship with God. So often we just do what we know to do. <laughs> and we find that the ta-da does not show up, but God wants it to. My point is this. When it comes to healing, healing doesn't necessarily come in a one-size-fits-all package, a one method only. 
God works with us where we are. So it can be more like an individual prescription <laughs> that he writes for each of us. We might need to apply some wisdom. We might need one thing healed and then a creative miracle somewhere else. Only he knows. So only way we're going to know is by continuing in fellowship and relationship with him. For me, my individual prescription from the Lord was keep believing. That was the first thing. Because I was still, I believe, God, I believe. I know the word. I see the promises. I know, I know, I know. I, I, I am healed. I am healed. I am healed. I said, what's wrong? He says, keep believing. <laughs> okay, first one, keep believing. <laughs> and he said, and second, become a vegan. And it's like, oh, no, thank you. <laughs> I don't think I want to do that. <laughs> uh, at that point, we were going to start school. But at that point, I was going to bed at 6 o'clock at night because I was exhausted all the time. I said, how am I going to do this? I have to be up 11, 12, even 1 o'clock some nights. How am I going to do this? God said, become a vegan. And I, no, I, I don't want to. What else have you got on the menu? <laughs> and he said, uh, let's see, do what I say or don't do what I say. Those are your options. And so I know me. <laughs> I know I'm not going to be a vegan without some help. <laughs> so I said, okay, Lord, I'll give you six weeks. Me, giving God six weeks. All right. <laughs> I'll fast. I know God. You do anything unto the Lord, he empowers you to do it. So I said, okay, I'll do it as unto you, Lord. I will eat like a vegan for six weeks. Wasn't exactly what you call a willing participant, you know. <laughs> but in two weeks, my energy levels were back to normal. I didn't really know what to eat, but <laughs> within two weeks, my energy levels were back to normal. But at the end of six weeks, I was completely convinced, okay. And I started to try to eat some animal products at that time. Pain levels came right back. God said, I didn't tell you <laughs> to be a vegan for six weeks. I told you to be a vegan. <laughs> that was my wisdom. That's not necessarily your wisdom. That was my wisdom. That's what I needed right then, right there. Because I knew I had healing in me, but I hadn't yet been able to get it out into my body. So he said, keep believing and then apply wisdom. I love what fasting does for me. I've never loved fasting, <laughs> but I've always loved what fasting does for me, okay? Fasting is a faith action. If we want our faith to release the power of God into our life, we're going to have to activate our faith. And the best way to activate your faith is to act on it. Now, I was acting on a word from God. So when I did what I heard my father say, do, faith was, come, faith was activating God's power. Faith activates and releases God's power. Gordon from the 700 Club, he paints the picture about how to activate your faith, how to release God's power by faith. You have to have a faith action. And he was telling somebody about how to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and speak in tongues. And he said, you have to speak first. You have to believe God and speak. He says it's like a bicycle pedal. I love this picture. It really helped me a lot because you see, we have to act. We push. And the second pedal is the power of God. 
We push, and here comes the power of God. We act on what God says, and here comes the power of God. We act in faith, and here comes the power of God. Think about that. (laughs) How can you activate your faith? Your faith causes you to act, period. If you have faith, you will act. If I do believe God, I will do what he says. And if I do what he says, power comes. Power is released. That's what I needed. And so I needed the power to be able to fast. Not eat any more hot dogs and chicken. (laughs) Steak. (laughs) One of the things about our flesh and wisdom. Wisdom usually has a tendency to require us to put down our flesh. It is amazing that God will give us specific instructions about things to change in our life, and our flesh normally doesn't like it. You know, go to bed on time, exercise. Yes, God will tell you those things. (laughs) He will tell you what to eat. He will tell you what's good for you. He'll tell you what kind of supplements. He is interested in everything we do. He wants us walking in agreement with health. Now, I didn't fast animal products in order for God to heal me. Being a vegan is not what healed me. Applying wisdom made my life a whole lot better but I still needed supernatural healing. One doesn't replace the other. Sometimes Christians think, I can only get healed naturally, or I can only get healed supernaturally, that those two things can't work together, and that's a lie. I was actually very surprised at the end of two weeks when my energy returned to normal. And I don't think it was just a natural thing that I did. I think because I was doing it in in faith unto the Lord, that that's where the power came from. So God used something natural to get something supernatural to me. God is not against medicine, doctors, surgery, natural things like supplements, diet changes, acupuncture. God's not against any of those things. God knows what's best for us specifically. And so he is more than willing to tell us specifically how to handle our health challenges. Now, while we're applying God's wisdom in our life, we shouldn't let condemnation come. When you're around a lot of great teachers that teach on healing and how easy it is to get healed, (laughs) it can very easily become self-condemning that we're not living up to how well they do. If we compare ourselves to Andrew Womack and how well he operates in healing, where do I fall? Way short. (laughs) But he's been doing this. He's been renewing his mind and his heart and being established in grace and in faith and in healing forever. Okay? Most of us don't spend the amount of time Andrew has in the Word. He's thoroughly established. You can't make him sick. (laughs) But it's because of what's happened in his own heart. And when we, as normal believers, (laughs) we compare ourselves to those who are getting the victory, those who are walking in the victory, we can feel condemned. There's something wrong with me, Lord. I'm not like that. And so we, we come under shame, guilt, condemnation, because We think we need to be bigger than we are. But the truth is, God will meet us right where we are. Right where we are. One of the dilemmas that I struggled with was about applying the wisdom that God had given me. God told me to eat this way. God told me to exercise this way. God told me to take these. God told me to do this. But some ministers say, if you're doing this, 
God won't give you this. If you're doing something natural, God won't give you something supernatural because you're putting faith in that. And it's like, help God, because I feel like I'm in unbelief why I'm obeying you. If this is unbelief, then I don't want to do it. But you told me. <laughs> this isn't me fixing me. This is me listening to you. But I'm getting this, this mixed message that if I do this, then supernatural healing won't come. But I need you to fix this for me. What he told me was, he said, you need to change the way you think about what you do. He says natural people, unregenerated people, think just doing the natural things will heal them. Let's face it, taking good care of ourselves is a good idea, okay? <laughs> Brushing our teeth every day is a good idea. <laughs> That's wisdom. But that won't get them supernatural healing. But that doesn't mean we can't do good things and take care of ourselves and be responsible and that somehow that would negate the supernatural power of God in our life. It's not true. Now, if I only trusted that, if it was my prescription, if I wrote, okay, Valerie needs to do this, this, and this, but it wasn't my prescription. I got it from the Lord. So the Lord knows, okay, I'm not to the point where yet where I have gotten rid of, of enough of the unbelief in my heart that I could apprehend my healing. That's the bottom line. If we're not healed, if we still have symptoms, we have unbelief. But don't let that put you under condemnation either. It did me for a long time. But if we understand what kind of unbelief it is, it's a lot easier to take and understand. Natural unbelief happens to everybody. Natural unbelief happens while you're sitting there doing nothing. Natural unbelief is caused by all the symptoms that affect our body. It's caused by what we feel, what we hear, what we see, what we read. <laughs> it comes from natural sources. And it's happening all the time. When the Lord showed me this, it really helped a lot. You see, because I want to be a super Christian like Andrew Womack, <laughs> my faith should be strong enough to be able to do exactly what he does. And I'm going to get there. <laughs> but in the meantime, <laughs> in the meantime, I have to recognize that natural unbelief is always occurring. Okay? If something hurts, your body's talking to you. Our heart believes what we experience more than what we know in our head. I can know the truth in my head all day long. I can be completely convinced all day long. Not moved. That was me. I knew I was healed. But I didn't have it in my body. But I knew I was healed. But I didn't have it in my body. <laughs> convinced. Wouldn't I be able to talk me out of it? But all the stuff that my body was going through, all the waves and wind kept pushing me, pushing me into unbelief. Unbelief does not mean you don't have faith. That's one of the big things that Andrews teaches. You have faith. You have the faith of the Son of God. You have faith, everything you need to reach into the kingdom of God, our heavenly account, and pull out whatever we need. You have the ability. But you also have an enemy. And the natural realm works against the spiritual realm. And the natural realm is like those winds and waves that come and tell us we're not healed. We're not healed. If you understand, it's perfectly natural to have natural unbelief. <laughs> it helps. Because the bottom line is, if we're not walking in our healing, we do have to address unbelief. 
But you have to realize it's not us. It's not our fault that we have unbelief. Unless we're specifically refusing to believe what the Word of God says. Natural unbelief comes naturally to all of us. <laughs> but we have the power to overcome natural unbelief. So what the Lord told me, one, don't come under condemnation. Realize that it's just the natural realm. We have to overcome the natural realm all of the time through the Word of God and by the power of, of the Holy Spirit. He says, look at these things that you're doing in the natural as walking in agreement with health. Walking in agreement with health. You see, walking in agreement also is an act of faith. Every prescription God gave me involved my faith. It wasn't just do, it was believe in the God who told you to do this. Believe that if you walk around Jericho seven times, it's going to fall down. He gave them a do, but they had to believe. So do we. With the people that I minister to often, this is one of their biggest problems is this condemnation of why, what's wrong with me that I'm not healed yet? The truth is there's nothing wrong with us if we're not healed yet. We just have to get rid of our unbelief. We have it. It's true. We really do have our healing within us. While I was at Karis, a friend of mine there came to school one day and she had a Band-Aid on her nose and cheek under her glasses. And I was like, oh my goodness, what happened to you? And she said, oh, oh, it's nothing. She said, I had a little growth on my cheek right there and I asked the Lord what I should do about it. She looks around like, in case someone might be listening, the Lord told me to go have it removed. <laughs> you know why she was looking around? Because she was feeling condemned for doing what God told her to do. She felt condemned for doing what she was told to do. God said, this is my prescription for you. Go have it removed. But other people <laughs> might think, oh, see, no faith. Did she have faith? She had plenty of faith. She had plenty of faith. She acted on her faith. She acted on what God told her to do. Never had a problem with it since. But there are those who would like to argue that she didn't use her faith because she didn't get healed the way they think she should get healed. That's spiritual pride. That's one of the things we have to be weary of is spiritual pride. No, 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 I don't go to the doctor. <laughs> No, I'm super spiritual. <laughs> I have met believers over the years who think that if I go to the doctor, I don't have faith. If I go to the doctor, I make God look bad. Because God is good, and one of these days, ta-da, it's going to happen to me. And what I have found is the people who do that, who don't go to the Lord for their prescription, they've written their own, I'm going to receive my healing this way, because they have spiritual pride, they never get it. It never comes because they don't really have faith. <laughs> They're not submitting to God's way of getting his provision to them his way. God knows where we are and what we need in our head to be convinced, to be changed. And he's willing to give us exactly what we need so that we can get to the tada. So you have to be careful for condemnation and we have to be careful for spiritual pride. Pastor Greg Moore from Karis, 
he's an instructor there and the dean of students, I think, now, and all kinds of stuff. When he was pastoring, he would have Andrew Womack and, and big-name ministers come to his church, teach people on healing and how to get healed. And it was great, except, you know, after Andrew leaves, there's all these people who won't go to the doctor <laughs> because they want to be like Andrew. <laughs> they want to do it Andrew's way. And he had to teach them. You have to submit to how God can get healing to you your way. God will meet you right where you are. And then all these that got healed the Andrew's way, the other half started getting healed the other way. If we would just submit to God's way, God will get healing to us, period. Now, Andrew tells a story about how he was jogging one day, and he fell down and broke his leg. And he jumped up and ran home on it, and it was perfectly healed. If I fell down and broke my leg, I would cry and call an ambulance. <laughs> Our hearts are in a different place. I have the exact same faith Andrew has. But our hearts, when it comes to being fully persuaded, without any unbelief, his heart is far more experienced, far more established in healing than mine is. But that doesn't mean I have to become Andrew in order to get my healing. I just have to follow the prescription God gives me. I am where I am, and God is willing to meet me right where I am. Now, is the best case scenario to do it Andrew's way? Yes. <laughs> yes, I would have a doctor's bill, and I would have six weeks in a cast, and I would have lots of inconvenience. Andrew's way is much better. And that is our goal. Our goal is to convince our hearts, to persuade our hearts, to be so secure, so grounded in God's love and God's grace and God's provision that it's ours, that the unbelief doesn't overtake us. That is our goal. But if we're not there yet, no condemnation. He's older than me. I'm little compared to him. That's okay. God will still meet me right where I am. Now, remember, my prescription was keep believing, keep working on your heart. Because obviously my heart was wavering. I did that. I kept working on my heart. Salvation is a finished work, and that means healing is a finished work too. If you're not established in that truth, it will be harder for you to receive the healing. And I don't even like the word receive. I like bring forth, because we already got it. I like what Barry Bennett says, you got it, but you don't. <laughs> it's so true. But we have to start with the first part. I do got it. I do got it. Jesus lives in me, and Jesus is wisdom. Jesus lives in me, and he's healing. Jesus lives in me, and he's provision. I do got it. I just got to work on getting it. <laughs> the biggest problem we have is with our wavering. Our faith is fine. If any of you lack wisdom, Jesus has been made unto us wisdom. So we can put anything we have in Jesus in this too. If any of you lack healing, let him ask of God. If any of you lack provision, let him ask of God. If any of you lack confidence, let him ask of God. If any of you lack anything, let him ask of God. That giveth. This word is better translated, brings forth. Because that's what exactly what it means. But the translators think in terms of their theology, that some healing and wisdom come from heaven, that we're waiting for God to drop stuff on us. We don't have to wait for God to drop stuff on us. He's in us. All he's going to do is come forth. 
it's a lot easier <laughs> than trying to catch stuff from heaven. We've already got it. Brings forth. God will bring forth to all men liberally and upbraideth not. In other words, not going to scold you for where you are, for being where you are, as big as you are or as small as you are. He likes you right where you are, and he will take you where he wants you to be. <laughs> and it shall be brought forth to him. But let him ask in faith. Faith is the ability to take and hold what's in the kingdom. You know, on TV, they had those commercials for those long, extended grabber tool things, you know? Uh, you know, where you can get things off the top shelf. You know, it looks like a really funny little gun, right? And you, you reach what you can't reach. And that's what God told me our faith is. He says, your faith is like a grabber tool. <laughs> it reaches where you can't and grabs hold of what you can't grab hold of by yourself. And he says, but instead of reaching outward, it reaches inward and brings forth what's in the kingdom of God. Now, there's nothing wrong with our grabber tool. It works perfectly, but we keep aiming it in the wrong places. <laughs> Stuff comes against our grabber tool. Waves and wind trying to knock the grabber tool out of our hand. <laughs> but let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. Wavering is the picture of a wave withdrawing from the shore. Don't withdraw away from the shore, which is the kingdom of God within us. For he that wavereth is like a, a wave of the sea that is driven with wind and tossed. And that means pushed by outward circumstances and agitated. How do you know if you're in unbelief? You're going to be agitated. <laughs> Just so you know. <laughs> in other words, God's saying his heart isn't fully persuaded. The signs and symptoms are yelling at him and telling him, you're not healed, when actually you are. Verse 7, let not that man think he shall receive. Take and hold. Take and hold. Take is an action. Faith always has to have an action to release God's power. you got to act on what you believe God's prescription is to you. That action may be speaking. That action may be going to a doctor. That action may be walking when walking is hard for you. Action may be wiggling your little finger when that's the only little thing you can do. But faith acts. We wonder, why doesn't the power of God show up in our life? The truth is, because we are standing here believing as hard as we can believe, and we're doing nothing. We're not acting on what he's given us. We're not acting on the truth. And if we want to release God's power, we have to act. I know, because Andrew told me. <laughs> Verse 8, a double-minded man, two opinions. I like this, is unstable. That word can also be translated inconsistent. A double-minded man is inconsistent. He doesn't have one opinion. He has two. He has, I am healed. When, Jesus, when? Inconsistent. The truth is we have both faith and unbelief. Faith, which is an opinion that is in agreement with God, and unbelief, which is an opinion opposing what God says is true. God says that in Christ, we were healed. That's the truth. And that's what's on the inside of us. Inside of us, a totally saved, totally righteous, and totally healed individual. That is our identity. That needs to be our identity. God wants to bring forth 
in our lives our true identity. He wants our righteousness to show up on the outside. And he wants our healing to show up on the outside too, just as much. And it's just as easy. You see, here at Triumphant Grace, you're getting well established in your righteousness, right? Would it be easy for someone to talk you out of being righteous? No. But how easy is it for Satan to talk us out of being healed? Sometimes pretty easy. We need to change our identity. So the biggest problem, the biggest hindrance to God being able to bring forth our healing is unbelief. Unbelief can come from wrong teaching, wrong assumptions, you know, like um, God wants to teach you something through this. God will teach you something through us, but he doesn't want you to have it. I mean, he's not going to waste it if you're going to insist on keeping it, (laughs) but he will teach you things through it. But that's not the truth. God wants us well. He doesn't want us sick. So God doesn't use sickness to punish us. He doesn't use sickness to mature us. No. He gave us the Holy Spirit and the Word of God in order to perfect and mature us. So these kinds of unbelief are based on lies. It can also be caused by ignorance. The truth is some people don't know. They just really don't know that God wants them well and that healing is as much ours as our salvation is. When God forgave us, he also healed us. It's the same to him. But some people really don't know that, or they haven't established it in their own heart. The other thing is, if we're not healed, it's not God's fault. God, why aren't you doing something? (laughs) Uh, You need to do something, God. No. (laughs) It's not God's fault. He's already given it. It's already in us. We are not waiting on God to do something. See, that was me. For years, I believed, I believed, I believed. I even received. I would lay down on the floor for 20 minutes after I went to go get healed for, to receive healing, right before we started Karis. I knew I was healed. But I kept waiting for God to do something different. I didn't feel different. So I waited. I'm healed, I'm waiting on God. I'm healed, I'm waiting on God. I'm healed, I'm waiting on God. Ask Andrew about that. No. If you're waiting on God, you'll be waiting forever because he's already done everything he's ever going to do. It is in the blood of Jesus Christ, and we have to believe, receive, take, hold, and act. It's up to us to persevere. By faith and patience, we apprehend. But I waited, and I waited, and I waited, and I waited a really long time until I learned the things I'm telling you today that I had unbelief. I couldn't let that condemn me, and I couldn't let other people's spiritual pride condemn me either. You have your own spiritual pride sometimes. No, I don't have unbelief. No, not me. (laughs) No, I'm bigger than that. No. Humility says, I receive the truth. And if God says I have unbelief, then I have unbelief. And unbelief is something I have to work on. It's not something God works on. God is waiting on us. He's already done everything he's going to do. Romans 8, 32. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not also with him freely, graciously give us all things? It's all by grace. It's not by effort. God's grace is at his absolutely free loving kindness. And our Father has given us Jesus, and everything else we have need of is in Jesus. And he's already inside. It's not like he has to come down from heaven. He's already here. So if we haven't apprehended our healing or our prosperity or whatever it is, it's probably because of our own unbelief. 
Again, don't let yourself come under condemnation. It's natural. It's sneaky. I call it sneaky unbelief. It's happening to you when you don't even realize it. It's when your body says, oh, you're tired. Oh, you don't feel good. Oh, you need to take a nap. Oh, we listen. We listen to our body. (laughs) And then Satan uses that to convince us that we, we don't have what God says we have. The thing about this sneaky unbelief is you have to resist it. You have to resist it. You have to purpose and actively resist. I had to actively resist even after I received my healing. We have to actively resist. And like Barry Bennett says, ignoring is not resisting. And some of us do. We ignore the symptoms, thinking that's faith. Ignoring is not resisting. That means I have to address it. If I have a symptom, I need to address it. Okay, Lord, what's the prescription to address this thing? Do I go to a doctor? Do I go to the Word? Do I need to fast? Oh, yes, fasting. Everybody's favorite. Gets rid of unbelief. (laughs) According to the Scripture. (laughs) We need to get our prescription from the Lord to resist the lies about our symptoms. Symptoms simply telling you you need to resist by faith. Unbelief won't go away by itself. You're not going to wake up one day and poof, no unbelief. Look, I'm a spiritual giant. I grew overnight. No, not going to happen. (laughs) I had to have a very real conversation with God, even after I knew I was healed. I went forth at our church, and my pastor prayed for me. I didn't even tell him what I was there for. He just said, you know, be loose in the name of Jesus, you know, be healed. High five. (laughs) I went back to my chair. He didn't even know what my problem was. But I had already done all of my shoveling of unbelief. I went back to my chair, not feeling anything, and the power of God came up and out of my chest. Just overwhelmed me. I heard God speak audibly in my ear, and he said, you can quit taking all your meds for fibromyalgia. Well, I'm standing there, trembling, crying. I tell him, but I had to have a conversation with God prior to that. You see, prior to that, when God was trying to convince me that I had unbelief, he said, think about this. He said, you're completely dependent on these meds. I said, yep. He says, can you go to work without them? I said, nope, couldn't be done. Physically impossible. He says, when you know you can give those away, you can flush them down the toilet so you can't get them back. (laughs) When you know that that's the truth, that you know you are so convinced that you can do an action like that without any hesitation, then you'll know you're in complete faith. So I had to look in there. Could I really do that? I mean, I am believing as hard as I can believe. Could I actually do it? I had to go, no, there's a sliver of doubt in there. There's a sliver of fear that if I flush them down the toilet, I'm going to need them tomorrow, and I have to call the doctor and tell them I'm stupid. I had to recognize I had unbelief. But once we recognize it, ha, then it's easy. Okay, Lord, that's all I got to do is get rid of this? Yeah, exactly. My daughter and I were talking about this one time, and um, this kind of thing, and the difference between working to apprehend and working to earn. One of the lies that lots of Christians come up with is they stop resisting. They stop trying to get rid of their unbelief because they think they're working for their healing. And so they stop that because they want to be in faith. 
the Lord gave me this little story. I said, if I had a million dollars in an account in my city, she lives in a different city. I said, it's yours for the taking. It's a free gift. All you got to do is come and get it. What would you say? She said, I'll be right there. <laughs> I said, but what if there's a blizzard and six feet of snow? Then what? She said, I would shovel my way there. <laughs> I said, but what if all of your kids suddenly got sick with the flu? Then what? She said, well, I'd have to take care of the kids first, and then I would have to do the shoveling. <laughs> I said, okay, let's say you did all of that, and you got to my bank. Is it any less a free gift? She said, no, it's still a free gift. I said, that's it. Christians are believing the lie that any effort we put towards apprehending, which is really just resisting, that's really what we're doing. We're resisting the enemy because it will come forth on its own if we just get rid of the unbelief. It's natural. It's natural for us to operate in faith. It's natural. Now, when she got there, she'd have to do one thing. She'd have to sign a withdrawal slip that says, this belongs to me before she could enjoy it. <laughs> That's the action. You see, there's action that helps us to shovel all the snow out of the way, shovel all the obstacles, shovel all of the hindrances out of the way. And you know what? She lives, what, 10, 15 miles from me? She would do that. She would shovel 15 miles <laughs> for, for a million bucks. But how many of us would shovel for a week just to get healed? You see, sometimes we're more motivated to shovel for money than shovel for our healing. The shoveling just being the working on getting rid of the unbelief, which is prayer and fasting and fellowship and relationship in God. So sometimes we're not apprehending because we're not willing to do the shoveling. We have to decide because getting healed is supposed to be easy for us. When we do it God's way, it is easy. It does come. But he won't overcome our unbelief without us. We have to address the hindrances and the distractions. We have to shovel our own snow. <laughs> to try to sum this all up, what can you do to walk in agreement with health? What is your personal prescription from the Lord? Do you have any natural unbelief that needs shoveling? What action can you take to make a demand on your kingdom account? I can't answer these questions for you. Only Jesus can. We need to get our prescription from him. Healing is God's will for our lives, just like salvation is God's will for our lives. But we won't enjoy all that God has for us unless we address all the stuff that's holding back our healing. We need to address our unbelief, our doubts, and our distractions. We need to address the condemning lies of the enemy. We must take time to seek out the wisdom of God and the power of God because it's all available within our relationship with him. Amen? Amen.